0: It's The Real Estate Podcast, brought to you by ANZ Home Loans for financial well-beings. And welcome back to another
1: episode of The Real Estate Breakfast, available every morning on iHeartRadio, Spotify and Apple, and of course, wherever you get your podcast from. Hope your weekend is going well. We are up to Sunday, April the 30th for 2023, and coming up this morning, we have seven days of real estate. State, And we are featuring some of the interviews from last week. And if you're feeling a little bit on the stressed side regarding property, we are talking to clinical psychologist Dr. Arthur Stabilitas to help break down some of the problem areas around anxiety with regard to property. Also in the week, we spoke to Chris McNeil, a director from Ethos Urban, about the affordability of housing with decreasing populations, especially in wealthy inner city suburbs of Melbourne. We also caught up with Matthew Hughes, the founder and managing director of Capital Property Advisory there in Perth, about what is currently going on in Perth in the real estate Perth market, including new developments. And Asti Mariasmo, the economist, is here. She's talking about a report, the top 10 affordable regional areas for 2023 by expanding her search beyond the metro and capital cities. So that is all coming up in just a moment with Seven Days.
0: Every morning from 6am, we bring you the latest real estate news with diverse perspectives from leading industry experts. We deliver the most property podcasts across Australia every week.
1: Hey, coming up tomorrow for Monday, we're talking about the Australian housing market and whether or not it is showing some cautious signs of recovery, according to a house report for Q1. Nicola Powell is going to be here tomorrow morning. The Senior Research Analyst from Domain to break all of that down for us. And if you're celebrating your birthday today, happy birthday for April the 30th, and you are celebrating with Kirsten Dunst, the American actor, in fact partly raised in Australia. She is turning 40 today, and Gal Gadot, best known for her role probably as Wonder Woman. She is turning 37. It's the
0: main centre forecast.
1: Around the country we go on our Sunday. It's not too bad weather-wise. Sydney, the rain is going to ease. A top temperature of 19 degrees. Melbourne, sunny with 17. Brisbane, mainly fine with 27. And in Perth, sunshine
0: with 23. We're a lot more than just real estate. Available for breakfast from 6am. Then, on the drive to work or in your ear at the gym. In fact, wherever you go, we're available seven days a week. Enjoy your morning coffee. It's your real estate weekend podcast in review. For those
1: that can't afford to buy a property, how do you suggest that they cope with the stress of feeling left behind or inadequate compared to their peers who are homeowners? Because as we know, this whole peer pressure is right across the spectrum and real estate isn't left out of it.
2: Yeah, absolutely right, and and it is it is a a, a difficult one, and I guess um, I mean it's a two edged sword in some ways. I mean you don't own a property, but then there's uh, there is a freedom associated with that because really at the end of the day, I mean it's the bank that owns your property, <laughs> it's not you. So I mean there's lots of ways you can you can look at that. Yeah, I guess trying to focus on well, there's there's costs and benefits to everything, um, and really trying to get objective about that and I guess focus on the on the positives for the situation that you're in.
1: And the property market, it can be incredibly competitive with bidding wars and auctions adding to the pressure. And some people, they can just crumble during the buying process because of that unrelenting and at times competitive process. So that's really one for people to work on.
2: Absolutely. And look, it's very difficult to plan, but I think sometimes planning for that particular auction or that particular negotiating process can help getting really clear on what your limit is getting really clear on what you would do in certain situations and really sticking to that plan i guess where it's become really tricky lately is a lot of these uh, prices they <laughs> i guess they defy expectations and it just seems to be one of these things that uh, is is constantly moving and constantly adjusting but um, i think Having a good, solid plan and then just trying to really manage your um, emotions during that would be great. There's some tools you can use to manage anxiety, even simple ones, um, simple breathing tools would be quite helpful. And just having maybe somebody there with you who's, I guess, not too invested in it, who can just talk you down and just make sure that you stay on track with what your plan is. And it's when you start going off the script and off plan that things can start getting getting a bit anxious um, when the anxiety can start.
1: Now some people become of course very fixated on buying the perfect property which can lead to all of the stress that we're talking about and the disappointment and then they miss out and the anxiety starts to creep in once again. How would you encourage people to just sort of set those realistic expectations which can flow into their real estate decision making?
2: That, that can be a, a, a real problem, I guess, because sometimes you can think this is the perfect property and, and, and you miss out on it. But I'm sure there've been plenty of um, situations in your life where you think something was the perfect car or the perfect, or even if you're out clothes shopping and then you miss out or you don't buy it and then something else comes along that's adequate or even better. Yeah, keeping that perspective. Um, what happens when you get anxious is your thinking can get quite black and white and your thoughts can get a little bit catastrophic in their um, analysis and and sometimes you can start thinking in terms of this is perfect and this is not perfect. It's really important to know that really there's a lot of grey in between there and there isn't really a perfect property as such. It's Sometimes your mind can get a little bit black and white like that and that's just a symptom, I shouldn't say just, but that is a symptom of anxiety many times.
0: It's your Real Estate Weekend Podcast in Review. And rinse, I mean they also at
1: pre-pandemic levels with rental properties. Now, they're being leased within a few days of being listed. It's a, it's a real turnaround. That's exactly
3: right. The market's really tight. And of course, uh, economic conditions are then working against a number of developments that might actually be able to ease uh, that situation, particularly in the established area suburbs. One of the problems at the moment is that project viability is, simply doesn't stack up on a number of those projects, yet you've got a very tight market at the same time
1: and of course you know in the whole scheme of things the what's going on in the building industry doesn't help either that continued energy in a city builds i mean it's just very difficult at the moment in the building industry it's really tough,
3: particularly in inner city builds, because uh, you've got a fairly uh, lengthy timeline to uh, get an approval. And often an approval uh, might be filled with a lot of angst, not just for the landowner or developer, but across the community as well. And uh, at the end of all that, all that's really been delivered after several years of, of a fairly difficult and costly process is perhaps a 150 apartment development, which, which for a city that's uh, projected to require 45,000 odd dwellings per annum. going forward means that it's a fairly tough ask.
1: And is there anything else that sort of stood out last week when you were going through the ABS data that you thought, gee, that's really interesting. That's an interesting stat. Is there anything that sort of was there that sort of made you have a double look?
3: Well, yes, yes. One of the things that I've been struck with ever since the COVID pandemic period, of course, is the is something of a, a movement to the regions. Some of our larger regional cities, not just Greater Geelong and Ballarat and Bendigo, but also, also a number of others that are within, say, a two and a half to three hour travel time of Melbourne and also tick boxes in terms of lifestyle attributes have really, uh, really kicked on over that period. They've, they've exhibited pretty strong growth. And with the ability to work from home or, or perhaps embark on some sort of hybrid lifestyle where you might only really need to return to uh, headquarters, if you like, back in Melbourne, maybe once a week, or perhaps even once a fortnight or something like that. I think there are opportunities going forward now for a lot of people to have a bit of a think about where they wish to base themselves either permanently or at least on a, a permanent part-time basis going forward. And I think that's going to mean that we, we might have a, a bit of a more elevated expectation of the growth rate we might see in some of our bigger, bigger regional cities and uh, lifestyle towns going forward.
1: Yeah, I think that's a really good point that you make, sort of a hybrid, exactly right, because in the next five years, if you project five years out from now, I think it'll be very interesting to just see how that has developed this whole working from home. And not only that, connectivity as well. Like there are patches where Wi Fi is not that great, but, you know, in a couple of years' time, some of these pockets will have, you know, G5, and that'll open up a whole new opportunity for people.
3: I think that's exactly right. Uh, not just connect- connectivity in terms of, uh, of, of data and uh, that sort of thing, but also uh, in, ter- in transport terms. Victoria is one of the more accessible states back to the state capital. It differs geographically to just about every other state in that regard. And the freeway network, but perhaps even more particularly now going forward, the rail network out to regional cities is improving and frequencies are improving and the ability to either walk to or perhaps drive to a station and then be back in Melbourne in a reasonable amount of time is improving with
1: every year.
0: It's your Real Estate Weekend podcast in review. Current state of the
1: high-end suburbs there in Perth, because just what you've said, given the lower end of the market is already heating up in sales.
4: Yeah, the luxury end's not quite as hot. Um, it's performing well, and there's certainly more demand than there is supply, and that has been the case for some time now. But it's not, um, not quite as competitive at that price point, probably due to the fact that obviously prices said that in the luxury market are sort of 1 million plus, 2 million plus, and interest rates have had an impact on that in terms of affecting borrowing capacity.
1: How active is the new development sector in the Perth market, which is really in dire need? I think we're not overstating it in terms of saying that for fresh stock. We're struggling to create enough stock to meet demand. Our population
4: growth is second in the country and possibly would be in the number one spot if it wasn't being bottlenecked by a lack of places for people to live. Our rental market is chronically undersupplied. I know nationally that's a problem, but it seems to be worse in WA at the moment. And the worst thing is there's nothing in the pipeline. So the appetite for construction hasn't returned yet, whether it's single residential home builders, mums and dads, or especially developers, um, to the point where we haven't seen a um, apartment complex of any note come out of the ground for the last seven or eight months. So there is a, a glut in the apartment space and probably will put some upward pressure on pricing on units. Um, but just housing overall, I think we've got the second largest shortfall um, in Australia for new starts of dwellings versus the demand and, and what is required to meet the demand and the population growth. Uh, we're falling short substantially. So that's a problem we're going to have to be wrangling with for the next at least few years. And it is posing a problem. Certainly, it's good for landlords and people who are in the market, but people who are coming here or people that are struggling to find a rental, it's becoming a bit of a a crisis at the moment.
1: Yeah, that is a real problem. And apart from the surge in construction costs following the pandemic, what other factors are contributing to the slowdown in the development activity there?
4: Yeah, I guess there's a bit of a disconnect between the established market and the cost to build new at the moment. And that will change over time. And that's something that we need to see to encourage more developers to start construction. Uh, I guess I'll give you another example here. We I mentioned the Wembley project. We we have three projects that we have underway at the moment um, under construction that we signed construction contracts for either pre or just post-COVID. So at a price point that was much lower than today. And even though we absorbed some cost increases throughout and obviously some blown our timeframes, they're still going to be quite financially successful. Um, whereas the fourth project that we're looking at at the moment, which is yet to commit to a construction price, the original budget estimate back post COVID was 4.2 million for that one. That's now ballooned out to seven million plus. So even with uplift on the other end, which has been substantial, it's a good project. But even with some um, some good uplift on the end product values, um, a blowout of timeframes from 14 months to nearly double that, with coupled with an increase on the interest rates really erodes profits to the point where you've really got to take a step back and wonder whether the risk reward is still there. So that's that's the assessment we're doing currently, and it seems to be the assessment that all developers are doing at the moment, and probably falling on the side of it is a little bit too risky and there isn't enough reward for us to kick off construction right now.
1: And before I let you go, 27th of April this morning, we are not too far away from May. What is going to happen with the RBA? Are they going to increase the the rates? What's happening next month do you think? I'm probably 50-50. Looking at the inflation data,
4: it's obviously trending in the right direction. It's just a matter of whether it's trending enough. But I'm just not sure whether continually pulling that lever is going to solve the problem for them. So it'll be interesting to see what they do, especially with the recent scrutiny they've been under.
0: We deliver the most property podcasts across Australia every week. Top 10 regional areas.
1: So talk to that, particularly around the affordability.
5: What we did was we put these selection criteria to every single local government area or local council in Queensland, New South Wales, Victoria and Tasmania. The first criteria is affordability. We wanted to make sure that um, the median house price of the local area is much less than the capital city that is relevant to that area. What we did was we took the state average home loan which is the amount that banks are comfortable in lending people in Queensland to make sure that they're not in a stage of mortgage stress. We assumed that people would put on, you know, 20% deposit as opposed to 5% or 2%. So what we did was state average loan plus 20% and that became kind of the maximum price for that particular state.
1: And what about investment to ensure conducive investment opportunities? How did all of that sort of shape up in the report?
5: Well, as an investor, there's two things that you want. You want the highest rental return and you also want the lowest vacancy rates because a lower vacancy rate means that your property will be filled or will be occupied much quicker. So, we made sure that each of these local councils have a higher rental yield than the capital city. So, whichever is relevant, whether it's Sydney, Melbourne um, or Hobart or Brisbane, and also a lower vacancy rate compared to the capital city. So basically these places have a higher rental return and a lower um, vacancy rate as possible. We
0: connect you to the best real estate information across Australia, The Real Estate Podcast.